Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. Oh, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McCormick. You can follow me on Instagram at McCormick, or you can follow this podcast at Optimal Performance Podcast on Instagram and check out the website, optimalperformancepodcast.com. There's tons of great information, discounts on sweet biohacking gear, as well as show archives, videos, about pages, just so you can dive a little bit deeper into the treasure trove of 200 and now 60 friggin' four episodes. Tons of great stuff there, so go check it out. On today's episode, we are joined by Mike Mutzel, also known as Metabolic Mike on Instagram. His Instagram is awesome. And he was also on episode 235 uh, back in November. And in that episode, we talked about fasting and keto and practical biohacks. His YouTube channel is massive, something like 300,000 followers, uh, subscribers, and he just churns out amazing content, a very deep thinker, a very progressive thinker, a very innovative person when it comes to nutrition and fasting and metabolic flexibility and just overall health. You know, I've been over to his house. We did an episode of uh, of his podcast and YouTube channel, and um, he's just like, he's very down to earth. He's very logical, and I wanted somebody to talk to about the virus. I wanted to talk to someone who had um, whose whose opinion seems sane to me. What should we be doing? Are we going to wear a mask or not wear a mask? And uh, are we going to go to the park or not go to the park? How can you be your best right now during this wacky time? And so here are the things that we talk about in today's episode, um, talking about how he's navigating this time and placing a premium on activity with your family, getting out, just being outside, getting outside, getting vitamin D and fresh air. We have an honest conversation about not wearing a mask in public. We talk about witnessing how groupthink works and how narratives shift with curated content from the mainstream media. If you're just consuming news all the time from mainstream outlets, uh, you're meant to be scared and uh, afraid and uh, it's not particularly productive in my opinion. We t- also talk about public policy around health. Like is is the government in charge of your health? Should they be in charge of keeping you healthy? We talk about how business interests how business interests interfere with effective and ethical health oversight. We talk about conflicts of interest between health and business and we talk about what things you should be doing to keep yourself help keep yourself healthy and strong whether or not you um have had or will get the the coronavirus. Um, this is uh, it's not that scandalous an episode. It's kind of an open, honest conversation, but it's really clear and it really lays out and sort of demystifies some of the stuff that we are being forced fed. Force fed, and uh, it's a really open conversation, and and you're gonna feel like you're right in there, uh, in the conversation with us. So. Before we jump right into the episode, I want to shout out to two sponsors. Don't skip this. This is good stuff. This is useful stuff. Serotonin Brain Food is one of my favorite sort of mood-enhancing supplements that I've that I've taken, and I've tried a bunch. Serotonin Brain Food from Natural Stacks is designed to support the body's natural production of serotonin, a neurotransmitter essential for mental well-being. Um, th- this 
if you read the reviews of people who have who have taken this, you will see of the 247 reviews with a five-star total, this stuff works. If you are bugging out, if you are tripping, if you are feeling uncertain and unsure, if you are feeling down, this is a really, really effective product. I mean, you really do feel good. It really does improve your mood. It does enhance your sense of well-being, and it does reduce your stress. I mean, um, flat out, it's it's a really highly effective product. I've 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 actually suggested that some of my clients try this product out who are experiencing like depression and um, feeling really low during this wacky time during the pandemic. So go to naturalstacks.com and use the code. OPP20 for 20% off your first online purchase. You know, there are other vitamins that you should be taking, um, supplements you should be taking every day. But if you are like at this point where you're like, man, I just I just need to chill out. I just need a little bit of peace of mind. Um, the serotonin brain food is really effective at helping your body create more serotonin. Uh, and it's all natural. It's third-party lab tested with ingredient traceability. They know where this stuff comes from. It's really clean. It's really tested. So Sponsor number two, Blue Blocks. Blue Blocks. I've said it before and I'll say it again. They are a game changer. They are my favorite piece of wearable biohacking technology. Blue Blocks, the Andy Mant and the founder, was based on really great research, really, really in-depth research, highly tested, some of the, the most highly tested blue blocking frames on the market. Um, and I love the Sleep Plus versions. They're the dark orange lens that you wear two to three hours before bed for optimal result after just one evening's use. So here's the deal, right? Like if there's one thing that you can do to help protect your sleep during this time where we need sleep to recover, we need sleep to grow muscle, we need sleep to just like feel sane, feel feel normal. Uh, these are really effective at, and, and you'll notice at when you start wearing these after the sun goes down for a couple hours before sleep time, you will notice that you actually feel tired at a normal time, not two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning, but you'll notice that like, okay, 10, 10 30, 11 o'clock. I feel sleepy, even though I've been watching TV, even though I've been watching screens, like we're all doing it. But with you, when you wear blue block, when you wear um, blue blocking glasses, especially these blue blocking glasses that are the highest quality in the world, you'll notice that your body actually is ready to go to sleep. So that when you lay down, you actually fall asleep and you stay asleep. You don't wake up a bunch of times. You don't toss and turn and think, oh my God, why am I laying here going, going crazy? They're super, super effective. Um, plus, they're stylish frames. They're like they're actually cool looking. They're laboratory produced. They're advanced, and I mean, I can't, I can't speak highly enough about these guys. They're fabulous, fabulous products, and that's why you hear them on all of these other podcasts because the company is growing like crazy because they're such quality frames. They have some other great products that I also love, but really, Sleep Plus for me is the most number one important product that I use to protect my sleep. So go to blueblocks.com and use the code OPP for 15% off. You can you can get the Sleep Plus glasses, which are my favorite. Use the code OPP, you'll get 15% off. B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. I'm telling you, it is worth every cent that you spend on these. And, and, and they're durable. They last a long time. Like my kids have tried to beat them up before and uh, have been unsuccessful because they're really sturdy frames. So thanks for listening to these sponsors. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy this very interesting and very open and honest conversation about the friggin' virus <laughs> with Mike Mutzel.
So uh, let's just let's just start from the top. You're such an independent thinker. Um, you have innovated and innovated and stayed ahead of the curve when it comes to health and nutrition and and have an open mind when it comes to ways that we can be more healthy and think for ourselves. Like what what based on everything that's going on, like what are you concentrating on? What are you trying to get better at right now? That's a great question, Sean. Um Gosh, you know, just being present with my daughter and trying to unplug a little bit, you know, uh, I think it's really easy to get carried away with everything that's going on, you know, from the start of the pandemic to now with this race war and then the election coming up. And I, I for the first time, you know, paid attention to the news um, when this pandemic, you know, started to emerge and started watching the, you know, White House briefings every day and then watch the aftermath on CNN or MSNBC. And it just seems that there's a lot of deception, a lot of slandering, um, a lot of, you know, you can tell there's a lot of manipulation going on and trying to steer their narrative um, on both sides, you know, whether it's, you know, your left or right. Uh, I tend to be more of, you know, libertarian, I think smaller government, you know, let people um, do what they need to do as long as it's not harming other people. That's kind of where I stand. But anyway, um, so that being said, I noticed that the more that I focused on the news, the more negative that I got. And so I just made a and I had actually a lot of good friends over the years that I've known and people I did business with in 2011, 2012, reached out to me on Instagram. They're like, Mike, I love you, man, but I have to unfollow you on Instagram. And I was yeah. like, oh, damn. I, like I, And so I just realized that it was like drawing me into a kind of a negative spot. And I've always had kind of a, a satire, sarcastic kind of tone um, on social media because, you know, it's just kind of the memes and things like that. And so I just realized, you know what, I, I had to just remove myself from that. So I, I really kind of, I don't watch the news anymore. I, what I do is I'll check on Twitter, see what's trending, maybe just check in for 15 minutes, but that's pretty much it. So that's what I'm trying to focus on now. And I find that I'm, I'm sleeping better. Um, I'm not as reactive. Because uh, I used to just be pissed off. Like uh, at four o'clock, I would listen to the news and I would hear all this stuff and I would just be so irritated. Um, even though there was nothing to be irritated about. Oh, yeah. My like my life was good, my business was good, my family's good. And I was like, why am I so pissed off? So yeah. anyway, to answer a specific question, so now I'm focusing on, okay, like what hikes are we gonna go on? Where are we gonna go camping? What are we doing as a family? So it's more of like being intentional and proactive about removing myself from all the media. Um, so that's what I'm doing. I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's all that you can do, right? Is to manage what you can manage. If it's if it's within your realm of influence, you know, you get to choose what you're going to eat for dinner tonight, and whether or not you're going to tap into the matrix at at nine thirty at night, right, or or not. And yeah, that that sort of that that personal choice, that ability to to create the environment for you and your family that that is one of of health and vitality and and love like that's a revolutionary sort of thing to do right now you're like you're i don't i don't want to be upset i don't i don't yeah. i don't want to be upset it's not good and it i look at headlines so i've been doing email marketing since 2010 and uh, youtube stuff for a while and so I like to look at the headlines and, and it's all like CNN, MSNBC, uh, NBC, CBS, all the major news outlets, their headlines are so sensational, so negative. So because that's what people click on. And so um, and they start out right out of the gate. It's just something I, I see the trends, you know, it's like a content creator. You know, I noticed like I spent a lot of time in my videos, like making sure the first 30 seconds really sticks, you know, so it's like something catchy. That's how you get views. That's how you can get viral videos. I have a few videos with over a million views now in the past five years. So I'm, I, I kind of pay attention to this stuff. So anyway, I'm not saying that I'm special or unique. It's just like something that, that I take note 
of and some people may not and it's so negative so yeah you just you just have to be aware of that and i think a lot of people feel that they should check in uh and again i'm not saying all news is bad there's health sites that are good but it, but we it's probably going to make you more irritated and uncertain and more frustrated and what it does is it it closes down like your view and that's the challenging thing so you know, everyone's binoculars, everyone was just zoomed in on the virus for months, and that's all they could focus on. They updated their Facebook profile covers to reflect stay home, stay safe. All they shared about was the virus. Nothing related to nutrition, lifestyle, nothing. It was just like wash your hands, you know, take a shower after you go to the grocery store, wear a mask. That was it, all right? And then all of a sudden there's this race war, and bam, everyone has forgotten about the virus. They've now updated their Facebook or Instagram cover to reflect Black Lives Matter. Look, I'm a fan of all that. I think we, you know, there probably is some, and I don't know all the details of systemic racism and police brutality, but obviously, you know, there is racial profiling in the police and excessive use of force. I'm all for promoting an equal life for every human being on planet Earth, right? But to just see this 180-degree pivot with people that don't have any background or knowledge and you know, I mean, it's just, it's so funny. And, and I look at this from someone just observing behavior from a sociological, you know, uh, psychological perspective. And I just see people, it's like fish. When I see, cause I have backyard chickens. You see my chicken, Sean, mm -hmm. um, the door can be open over here. And all the chickens think that the, like the fence that it has no holes is where to go because one chicken went there. So they all go that way. I, <laughs> so I see that with humans, right? So it's like, we're all focused on the virus and then bam, we're focused on black lives matter. It's great. I, I love it. But it's like, Hey friends, what about the virus? Like, you know, and I know you did a post this morning, the world health organization who for months called everyone a grandma killer. If you go to the grocery store or do unnecessary travel, all of a sudden they're endorsing protests and, mm. and it's just, it's crazy to me. It is. It is. It is. I love the chicken example. That is so great. Like one chicken decided to go towards the, away from the food and all the other chickens went. <laughs> Dude, it happens all the time. And that it's like this primitive part of our sure, brain. It's I reptilian, mean, right? Totally. I, and my daughter and I, like, cause she's seven. So I try to say, Hey, Nez, look at this. See all the chickens go the wrong way. And it's not until a few what we call independent thinkers right. go that way. And then they all go, Hmm, maybe I should go this way. So it's, it's really kind of funny how it works. And Beautiful. we're kind of the same. We are the same, you know, I've shared with you and it's something that I've just sort of mentioned here and there, but I'm going to get some chickens too. Um, Sweet. I'm moving out of the suburbs and out into the islands of the Puget sound to, to have some space and some gardens and some chickens and, and to be closer and live closer and more in tune with the earth's vibrations and uh, it's it's interesting timing to do that, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, but I know from from all the content that you've created, you know, traveling chicken uh, pens to, to like mm -hmm. like brilliant brilliant stuff. You know, I'm I'm curious about what you what you are doing for you and your family to um, to stay hearty and healthy and strong. I mean, has anything changed from your way of eating or your way of exercising in the midst of all of this turmoil and fear around, uh, around, uh, whatever we're calling it, the, the pandemic or, you know, the COVID cult or whatever, whatever we're calling it, the, let's call it COVID the virus. Yeah. Um, virus. that's a great question. Um, we go biking every night. So basically, um, you know, I feel that a lot of us have kind of unhealthy boundaries with our technology. 
myself included, you know, if it's there, you're going to check it. It's kind of like if you have an open bottle of wine right there waiting for you, you're going to have a sip of it. Right. So, um, so that's the thing. So it's like the best way to, you can try to exercise willpower and put your phone in a drawer and call, you know, set your phone to bed. You know, I know Ariana Huffington has that, like puts her devices to sleep. I think that's probably a good thing. So what we do is just go outside and go biking at mm -hmm. night. And so that's been something that's been great. So my daughter and I go to, there's a lot of, we're super blessed here. Sean, as you know, I uh, have a lot of forests in the Northwest. So um, there's a mountain bike park called Duthi. We go to, there's uh, Bastyr trails. So yeah. uh, three nights a week. And last night we just took to the road and then went to my uh, in-laws house and then cruised around park. So we'll do a six or seven mile ride. And it's not like super hardcore. Again, my daughter's seven. Um, but we've built up this base by just riding every night. And it does a lot of different things. Number one, most importantly, we're together. So we're together. And then I think, you know, cause what I've seen with, um, gosh, all these people kind of following the leader and not thinking for themselves, believing the narrative. What I found as a parent, you know, letting my daughter, I say, Hey, Nez, you, you go, you ride ahead and tell us, you know, if you want to turn left, turn left, if you want to go down there and let her kind of figure out like, okay, I can think this through. I don't always have to follow my parents. I think, I know it sounds like a small little lesson, but I, I hope for the transferability later in life to realize that, you know, I can, I can figure this out, you know? And so that's kind of been one of the lessons. Of course, we're getting exercise with all the sports canceled and school canceled, yeah. you know, it's important for kids. I mean, you know, I feel like I heard a, an Olympian speak one time talking about the, the importance of developing mitochondrial density and capillary density at an early age. Mm. And that's one thing that might separate future Olympians from non-Olympians mm. is that they have this like this built, you know, epigenetic, you know, metabolomic machinery from early exercise. So for me, that's big. I don't know what my daughter is going to do sports wise, but I at least would want her to at least have the foundation should she want to pursue something at a elite level. So anyway, the biking's been good. Um, but yeah, but, but I think the most important reason speaking selfishly for me is that the phone is here, the devices are off. And then by the time we get back at eight or eight 30, I know it's too late to check anything cause it's going to screw up my sleep. Hmm. So it's, it's a, a, just a natural way to de-stress, get fresh air, exercise, work together. Uh, and I know not everyone can go out and maybe afford a bunch of bikes for the family, but you can go for a walk. You can all yeah. walk to the park, you know, and so doing something like that outside, I think is really helpful. Yeah. I'm going to ask another dad question from one dad to another dad. What, how, how are you talking about it at home? Um, uh, you know, my wife went to the store yesterday. She doesn't wear a mask and, uh, a couple, uh, a, a, a mother and father and a daughter were walking around. She was one of three people in the whole entire co-op that didn't have a mask on. And she could hear this little girl say to her dad, daddy, why isn't she wearing a mask? And my wife was like being extra nice and extra smiley and like getting out of people's way and like, you know, trying to distance herself within the, within the place. And she heard this guy say to her, uh, maybe she doesn't want to. <laughs> and the girl totally. goes, why wouldn't she want to? And he goes, well, honestly, I have no idea why she wouldn't want to. And then they, and then my wife said, they just stood there. They like had this like, uh, moment where they're like, they don't, it's not. So begs the question, like, how are you talking about the pandemic? How are you talking about why people are wearing masks? How are you handling the situation at home? Are you telling her everything? Are you telling her half the story? I'm curious. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, let's see. 
I tell her that um, the, the honesty and what I believe, and I could be totally wrong, and I'm open to, to people proving me wrong. I really believe that this virus is real. It does affect a certain subset of the population, um, but it's largely been sensationalized by the media, probably to, you know, partially to get views, partially to affect the election, who knows what, right? All the back reasons are. And I tell my daughter that. I just say, hey, look, this has been... Uh, it's a lot of hysteria, a lot of, and, and you know, we're learning new words. I, I use yeah. these, I say it's, it's, a, it's made out to be a bigger deal than it really is, you know? Um, and, and so that's what I say. And, and so when I see, and so she says, she, she noticed these things and she pick. here's, what's kind of interesting is we're really byproducts of our parents. I've oh, realized yeah. because okay. she'll see people to go, dad, look, that guy's driving in his car with a face mask on. What is he doing? And I'm like, she knows. Cause I say that stuff right. and I joke around because I think it's silly. It's like, we see people, and here's here's, and I know people listening might get, uh, you know, think that I'm being insensitive, but I, I just want to clarify, um, you know, if you're in your car by yourself, and, and one of the people that we saw very early on, I think it was like late March, had gloves on and a face mask and was texting and driving on the freeway, so it's like, look, it, it, I mean, I understand you're like people think that. <laughs> like dude texting and driving like 30,000 people a year die from car accidents so it's like you're you're mitigating one thing potentially a virus but then you're texting and driving which is harming all the people around you so that was my point of being facetious about all this PPE use is that people are you know okay potentially reducing transmission of a virus but then their grocery cart reflects a bunch of crappy food that's yeah. going to increase the risk of chronic disease so it seems like there's so much delaying of gratification. So anyway, getting back to what I talk about with my daughter, I'll say things like, Nez, we eat really healthy food, you know, and that's this is why we should exercise and so forth, because when we get out of shape, we get sick and we might be more susceptible to this virus. So I'll say something like that. Mm. She'll go, okay, you know, I get it. But it was funny, Sean, just the other day we were at Whole Foods and um, it was hilarious. So my daughter, she's seven, right? She goes, Dad, as we're walking, I wish I had this on camera. It was like, it was so good. She goes, Dad, how come no one talks about the coronavirus anymore? And I said, well, honey, what do you mean? She goes, everything is about black versus white now. What happened to the virus? I swear to God. Really? She said it just like that on this last Saturday. I was like, I, I hit my, I was like, Nez, can you say that one more time? And then she saw me get out my phone. And she was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, we're not going to do take two. But they're picking up on this stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. they can't, they can't help it. They, they can't help it. They're, they're little sponges and, and, and naturally, you know, um, they, they adopt and absorb their, their environment around them. And if their environment, and here's the thing, like it, I, it, it bums me out. It bums me out big time because there are a lot of people who don't read as much as they should. There are a lot of people that, that, um, that are stuck in, in apartments or, or at least have, followed the narrative that they should be stuck in an apartment and they have fewer resources and they're just kind of scared and stuck and don't want to go outside when they do like they're being carted around you know little people with masks and um it, it's 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 sad because it's not it's not my job to like help help them in, in, in any moment when i see people like that but i do take ownership and you and I both, um, to try to speak truth and to share, um, sensible data and information. And you know, the, 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 the masks recently changed that, uh, that cloths, ma cloth masks don't do anything, right? Just like a couple of days ago, the world health organization said like, yeah, they, they don't, you know, that so it changes every single day. 
so speaking, I'm, 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 I'm glad to hear your way of sort of thinking about how people are talking about it. And the fact that she noticed that and that she's aware of that at seven years old in a grocery store is incredible, man. Kids are amazing. <laughs> they're, they're picking up on all this sort of stuff. And, and again, when we go to the grocery stores, I do respect people when they have masks on, I, I go out of my way. You know, and again, I think if you look at the data on, on mask usage and what it's really intending to do is a lot of people know, you know, when you wear a mask, John, that means that you're trying to, you know, minimize aerosolized particles that could potentially, you know, you could be a host, you could be an asymptomatic carrier, you're, you're trying to minimize the exposure to other people. So you can naturally do that by just distancing yourself. I breathe through my nose when I'm in the grocery store, I'm trying not to cough or laugh or, you know, so that's the other thing is, you know, we can be reasonable humans, right? We can drive 70 miles an hour on the freeway. And, you know, as long as we're not texting and driving with one hand, changing, you know, eating food and all that. I mean, yeah, this is where I think public policy has gotten awry is, you know, we, we kind of have forgotten that human beings are able to uh, handle themselves and make good decisions where they yeah. should be. And that's the point of policy. And so, right. you know, we could we could really uh, eradicate how many people die in cars by making the freeway system uh, the the max speed limit five miles an hour, but what's the ramifications of that? It would take people four hours to get to work. Uh, you know, getting new food you know would rot by the time it got here, right? So anyway, there's when we intervene in a system, there's unintended consequences, and one of the unintended consequences with regards to PPE usage, and this is why I've been critical about it is increasing the infectious dose by just if you maybe you do have a, a low-grade viral infection you're constantly you know breathing that in hmm. and so this is what the data showed in the ebola virus uh pandemic uh follow-up studies in healthcare workers uh in africa they found that mask usage and particularly cloth mask usage was associated with an increased risk of infection which hmm. is the exact and so that's the thing it's like look if wearing a mask had zero downside Okay, I would do it. It's like, yeah, I'll just throw it on. I would just play the mask game. Right. But there's a chance that you're touching your face more, you're screwing around, you're, you know, and and there is data actually shown, again, in, in specifically respiratory viruses, um, that PPE usage, it doesn't really do anything. There's been several meta-analysis over the years with rhinovirus, influenza virus, uh, not this coronavirus, but other coronaviruses, showing that it's, it's, it's not that conclusive. So... You know, that's where I'm saying the data is not very good. And there is some data showing that it might actually increase one's risk of getting exposed. So therefore, I just don't do it. But yeah. Anyway. Well, well, in addition to just breathing CO2, just like breathing your own sweaty, gnarly breath all day, like that's that's not good for you. You, you should get fresh air. You should go outside right. and breathe real fresh air unfiltered through your uh, homemade um, fabric mask that was used with um, fabric softener and, you know, highly toxic estrogenic chemicals in your laundry like oh god oh yeah. no let me ask you this you know when it comes to like public you're talking about public policy when it comes to public policy when it comes to you know three letter organizations that are that are meant to help us stay healthy do you believe that that the government should have um should be taking care of our health do you think that they should be in charge of keeping us healthy it's a really good question sean um Gosh, I mean, I, at some level I do, but then that leads itself to uh, formation of special interest groups and lobbying and conflicts of interest. So, um, yeah, I think there should be government oversight for sure, but I think there has to be a better way of 
you know, filtering out the conflicts of interest and, you know, what you see, I mean, if, if people have been in the industry, supplement industry or, or uh, just health industry for a while and, and have seen some of the, the things, what you often see that the trends, I should say, is a word I was looking for. What you see is someone from, say, Bayer Pharma will maybe a, a former CEO or a chief medical officer or, you know, head of some project will then go join uh, the government bureaucracy, maybe the CDC or the FDA, or sit on some review board or some political action committee and help to regulate policy that only benefits, say, Bayer or uh, you know Johnson & Johnson. And so this is very common, both in the food industry, uh, in the CDC. So it's kind of this circle jerk with, you know, and sorry to use that word, but it's just this cluster of, you know, we have government, we have pharma, we have big food. Uh, and, and it's kind of this going around where you have people jumping from board member uh, to political action committee or government oversight committee. And, and, and there's conflicts of interest there. Now, yeah. obviously, there could be some benefits where, okay, if you used to be a head of a certain division at Bayer, you know the pharmaceutical industry. So it would make sense, maybe, from, from a, you know, industry knowledge standpoint that if you worked for the FDA or the CDC that you would be able to influence things in a certain way but if you're also you know if you have, if you have former stock options or you gain some money kickback then you can you can see here where um, there's a lot of conflicts of interest and there's several books that have been conducted I could you know send you some links in the resources but uh, yeah. yeah this guy Mike Michael Johnson um, the um, I have it on my Audible. I'll have to send it to you. Um, but but he's an epidemiologist at Washington University in St. Louis, and, and he, he speaks about, for example, uh, Johnson & Johnson uh, baby powder and how for a, a long time you know, it has it has arsenic in there. And so they had a lot of – as a, a byproduct of the uh, – of the, the material. And uh, they had a lot of like independent third party groups that were funded by Johnson and Johnson to say there really was an arsenic in there and what the levels of arsenic in the baby powder weren't that bad. And it turned out to be really harmful and carcinogenic. And anyway, there's a lot of these little cases. I mean, if we look no further than, and I love watching football, the NFL, right? They continually downplay uh, the risk of traumatic brain issues associated with all these hits, right? Because that's their business is is the violent, you know, big hits. People love that stuff. Um, you know, they're a nine billion dollar business. Right. And if we think about the vaccine industry alone and I'm not anti-vaccine, I'm just giving that as an example. That's a twenty seven billion dollar a year business. So you're like, well, if the NFL lied and they were only a nine billion dollar a year business, if the cigarette industry lied way back in the six and uh, sorry, the 70s and the 80s when they were just like hundreds of millions in sales annually, what makes you think these other companies aren't lying? And yeah. so I think that's where, you know, and you, you asked earlier, like, how do we think differently about this? And I think the people who have been um, duped by or have seen a traditional doctor for a disease for which that traditional doctor did not help them, they're the ones that realize that there could be conflicts of interest. There could be uh, glitches in the matrix, so to mm. speak. And so I think... You know, myself um, going through a, a health experience in college and realizing that doctors weren't going to help me, that's how I discovered functional medicine. That causes me to think differently because, you know, I went to this endocrinologist. My testosterone was really low. They didn't ask me about diet, training, nothing. They're just like, well, you might have idiopathic hypogonadism at, at age 22. It's like, nah, I think there's probably some more going on here. Mm. And I, was, I just figured this out on my own. And uh, again, this was at uh, endocrinology uh, clinic at Swedish, you know, just beautiful, opulent building. This this gentleman, MD, PhD, had been in the industry for like 25 years. You're like, 
how does he not know this stuff that I can just go look up mm, myself having right. a biology undergrad? And so I think if you haven't sort of been in that situation, you kind of think that you, you trust everything. You trust mm. the CDC, you trust FDA, you trust doctors. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. If you've not had to face your own health and butt up against a system that's not not really optimized to support you, it's great for traumatic medicine. It's great for surgery. It's great for emergencies, but it's not really great for like constipation uh, or, you know, um, autoimmune disease, right? So, so until you have faced that head on and had to come to the realization that, man, maybe I should just take some more accountability for the, for the, for the stuff I'm putting in my face, the way I'm breathing, the way I move, the, my less stress levels and sleep, like, okay, well then maybe I should just do some, do my own research. And it's the classic biohackers origin story, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. like, I was, I, I, I couldn't lose weight and I figured out that it was this thing. Like I, I couldn't recover uh, I wasn't getting enough sleep. I was always tired. So I looked at this thing and then I started to tinker around and then I started to feel better. And it goes back to, to the, to, to sort of the duh moment that's, that's really obvious to you and I, but not so much for, for, I think the greater population is that we have to control that. It's, it's up to us to decide to make healthy choices for ourselves, going for bike rides in the evening time, um, intermittent fasting, you know, staying away from gluten for the most part or for sure indefinitely. So I, I think I think it's I think it's important to be reminded of that uh, at, at every corner that it's up to us to be in control of our own health and and the government tries, I think sometimes to help us stay healthy and also sometimes they don't really know what they're doing very much and that's that's just the way it is. Totally. I mean if you've ever tried to, replace your car tabs online or I mean just do some basic things or let's say you need to call the IRS right like for example I needed tax return transcripts um, for uh, for a, a, a loan uh, refinance a couple years ago trying to get through the IRS took took like literally 90 minutes on the phone and rerouted and all this sort of stuff their, their website was all wonky because I, I would love to just be able to go log in it's just like hey I, I need to make sure that you guys have confirmation of this payment because the lender wanted this information whatever and it was just it, it took so long like look I have an e-commerce business I can verify if you've made a payment or purchase Sean I can go pull it up what's your last name okay is it not or that okay your email five seconds okay right so if I and I, you know I run this out of my house we have a small fulfillment center it's like if I can do this stuff how can the IRS not just have something very quick and easy like that. Right. Um, so it's just like w we need to realize that the government is this this blunt force object. Uh, it, it's really bad at a lot of things. Um, obviously, you know, we need the government there for certain things. Obviously, you know, th there's disadvantaged people. There's people with disabilities. There's people uh, that can't hear. There, there's people. There's children whose parents have been lost or or killed. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we need the government for some things, but we don't need to rely upon the government for everything. I mean, if yeah. if you didn't plan for retirement and you're like, hey, I'm just gonna live off social security, good luck. I yeah. mean, you, you know, if, if you think that is going to work, especially if you're a young person, you're in for a major surprise. So yeah, I, I think we need to, to listen to the government with a grain of salt. Um, for example, playgrounds were closed. Okay. <laughs> Why would playgrounds be closed? I mean, the, does that make tennis courts are clo clo right. were closed? <laughs> tennis courts. <laughs> Dude, we're, I mean, look, I'm just trying to think. Okay, I'm like really trying to look at this from a, an objective perspective. Right. Why would tennis courts be closed? I mean, it, it literally makes no sense to me because, anyway, trails were closed. 
Beaches were closed, but then you could protest. Well, but you, you couldn't protest about the lockdowns. Yeah. But you can, it's just like, there's so many things, you know, and then you have to realize that our governors and our city council members and our mayors, you know, they're playing the political game. They yeah. want to get votes and they have public policy in mind. So they're trying to, you know, balance, vie for both at the same time. And that's where you see these, what I think are irrational decisions. Yeah, right. Oh, well said. Well said. Well said. Um, it's crazy, man. If you but, had if you had one little nugget of wisdom to share, I know that you know, kind of improvise, you know, uh, yes, and improv class. What 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 one thing uh, do you think that people should uh, should kind of be paying attention to right now that will help them live healthier, happier lives? That's a really good question. Um, you know what? I mean, obviously with this pandemic, right. Um, and you know, to, I would love to talk about race and inequalities and things, but, and this is an area that I'm actively studying more about. So I, I can't really make any sweeping uh, statements about that. Um, although I'm reading a lot of books about it and there's a great documentary, the 13th, have you seen or watched it? No, I haven't. Yeah. It's really good, uh, about systemic racism in the U S and, and all that. So it's, uh, again, it's called the 13th for the 13th amendment. So anyone that, uh, hasn't checked that out, it's on Netflix, but that's great. Yeah. I mean, for, you know, just on the, on the coattails of this pandemic, you know, uh, irrespective of whether or not it was media hype or partially or, or whatever, uh, I think it's important to look at, um, who really seemingly got disproportionately affected by this disease. And you look at uh, diabetes glycemic variability, which is, you know, how tight is the range at which your blood sugar levels normally reside? And if there, if they, if there's a lot of ebbs and flows and, you know, if it looks like a yo-yo or if your blood sugar looks like a sine wave, then you're going to have immune issues. And the data clearly shows that. Mm. Um, hypertension, very, you know, in my opinion, with exercise, with a good sleep-wake cycle patterns, I mean, high blood pressure for the most part is generally very treatable for most people with lifestyle change. Uh, we look at obesity. That was another risk factor that was linked with increased disease severity, increased need for hospitalization, mechanical ventilators, all that. So clearly, um, you know, you, our diet and lifestyle, oh, and also, by the way, vaccine effectiveness. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that think that I'm just going to wait for the vaccine. Like yes. whatever, I'm going to go to Krispy Kreme's and hit McDonald's. Like who gives a crap? I, I, the vaccine's coming. Well, those individuals are in for a big surprise because, and I didn't know this information. I mean, I've learned so much through this pandemic looking at the research, but there's not this uniform immunological response to a vaccination. It really is contingent upon your immune system state of health. And that was mind blowing to me where there's been several studies and healthcare workers where they've, you know, stratified individuals based upon their body mass index, which is, you know, a rough approximation to how much fat you have mm -hmm. and individuals in the upper tertiary of, of BMI, they don't produce sufficient antibodies just for the flu shot and even a bunch of other, uh, you know, viruses for which there are, uh, vaccinations. So again, I mean, if everyone is just hanging their hat on, the vaccine or one of the many vaccines that are being created, I think they're in for a surprise because, you know, it's your immune system that does the work ultimately. Yeah. And so I, th that's, I, it's just interesting. So, you know, again, to how do I succinct that into like an elevator pitch? I think the onus is on you friends. I mean, mm -hmm. whether we're talking about the unknown next acute infectious disease pandemic or the future chronic disease development, the onus is on you to make the healthy lifestyle choices now. Um, 
So I encourage everyone to get out in front of it, you know, to start testing their glucose at home. You know, throughout this pandemic, I've had conversations with family members and we'd, I would bring up the, the data on diabetes and I had one family member say, well, that's, that's all interesting, Mike. But yeah, I went to my doctor three months ago and he said my glucose was fine. I said, you, did you get your hemoglobin A1C? No, no, my glucose. He said it was totally fine. I said, well, uh, I don't want to use this person's name. I said, well, with all due respect, um, that's one snapshot in time. That's a spot test. Your mm -hmm. glucose changes throughout the day based upon what you eat and your stress load and your sleep. And, and she's like, well, my doctor didn't say that. Hmm. I said, well, that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Like, you, <laughs> you, There's a continuous glucose monitor. Did you know about that? They're like, oh, I didn't know about such a thing. So anyway, so I think these conversations, the more that we know about this and what's unique is healthcare is really being democratized, really. I mean, prior to you know, five years ago, to get a continuous glucose monitor, you had to like twist your doctor's arm maybe you go slam a Mountain Dew before your blood work, <laughs> you know, to have an artificial elevation in your glucose to get them to prescribe you a glucose monitor uh, or have overt diabetes. Right. But now companies like Nutrisense.io and these others are enabling just, you know, laymen that are, you know, could be characterized as biohackers, but just people that are interested in health in getting these tools, which is great. So anyway, the onus is on us. We all need to start tracking stuff, heart rate variability, sleep architecture, blood sugar, get your labs done, comprehensive labs. Like these are simple things, but we all should be doing that. So yeah, that's great. Oh, that's so great because that will help everything that, that really does affect your ability to live a happy life, a healthy life, a long life where you can go on bike rides at night and enjoy your family and and stay sane and reduce your stress levels because if you're metabolically inflexible, if you're totally broken, you're you're at, you're at a risk no matter what. And right. yeah. Well, Mike Mutzel, thank you so much for uh, for jumping in on the conversation today. I've I've, uh, I, I've been wanting to pick your brain and I was like, "Hey, I'm going to call Mike and just, I just want to wrap with him for a minute. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to record it because it's because you've got so much wisdom and I, and your perspective is so clear and so balanced. So thank you for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Sean, my pleasure, buddy. Thanks for having me on.